Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. If you love what you heard today or in general, I always ask, go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear our listeners' feedback. That's how we create content that's relevant to you, and that's how we make sure that we're always putting the things that resonate with you to help you improve outcomes and decrease inefficiency. So without further ado, I want to welcome our outstanding guest today. His name is Dr. Michael Use. He is the founder and CEO of USA Rad Holdings Incorporated, as well as SecondOpinions.com. Dr. Use has been in the business for quite some time, traditionally trained as a radiologist. He got into the entrepreneurial space and hasn't looked back and has been providing services to help healthcare providers deliver the best care possible. So really want to welcome you, Mike, to the show. Thank you so much, So I'm very honored to be on, the, on your show. Absolutely. So what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with, Mike? Well, actually, first I was an entrepreneur, uh, establishing my first business venture at age 14. And nice. I never, thanks, I never wanted to, at first, to be, to be a physician, my parents are not physicians. I don't have any uh, ancestors or relatives who are physicians. So this was a little <laughs> And I was very much into internet and computers. Uh, as a teenager, I started my venture in the teenage years. And I thought I was going to be in a, you know, in a, in a technology business space. But I actually met a radiologist when I was uh, 17, 18 years old. Uh, I was accepted into a bachelor's and master's degree, um, master's program for uh, computer, computer engineering. And uh, I met a radiologist and he, he changed my mind. And the reason he changed my mind, because I saw the absolute technology that we utilized back in the late 80s. Uh, yeah. I was flipping the hard copies. And back then, I, something popped in my head. I said, look, this is going to be, it'll be a revolution. Everything's going to be digitized. And I told, you know, my, I actually, it's about a time when I met my, my current wife. Well, we've been together for about 25 years. And she still reminds me every chance she gets, I told her, look, I'm going to be sitting on the beach one day reading radiology studies. <laughs> and I told her that when I was 18, and that was probably one of the turning points why I wanted to, to go into the healthcare. And it was, back then I knew I'm going to be a radiologist, but also I knew I'm going to be, I'm going to be running some kind of a telehealth care or telemedicine business. So yeah. that's exactly what happened. Man, that's super interesting, Mike. And what I love about your story is highlights the power of a conversation. The power that a conversation, your conversation with this gentleman that sort of tipped the scales and got you to focus on radiology for several years of your life. You know, the power of a conversation when we talk to our, our customers or we talk to our patients, the power of a conversation is oftentimes underrated. And that's where big movements, that's where big things start, including improving outcomes. And so loved your story, Mike. And I'm really glad that you shared it because it really highlights that important fact. Thank you, Saul. Yeah, sometimes uh, a power of few, few words that could be incredibly strong and can change opinion of not just one person. Like in my case, it could change opinions of millions or even billions of people. 
Totally. Totally. So Mike, you've been in the business and you've been in on the provider side as well as the business side of healthcare for quite some time. What do you think a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today and how are you guys addressing it uh, at uh, USA RAD and, and uh, your other business? I think uh, it's all about improving quality of, of healthcare and lowering costs. And however way you can do this, you can do this, more power to you. I mean, there's many ways to skin the cat, but that's really the big topic nowadays. Yeah, so, so give us an example, Mike. How have you guys done that? Let's just say, for instance, at uh, secondopinions.com. Right, so we, we currently, USRF Holdings consists of two divisions. Uh, I started the uh, teleradiology division in 2008. Then I added second opinions telemedicine division just about four years ago. And uh, the way we do it in teleradiology is via technology. So it's all about automation. So, for example, our business model is actually a lot of moving parts are very complex. It's pretty simple. You know, we get images. Images get to the right radiologist. Radiologist provides reports and does the reports, and the reports uh, transfer to the customers. And then, of course, uh, patients get to, you know, access those reports as well. So we have it all working like a, like a clock. There's a full automation. There are multiple subspecialty radiologists. Uh, we have about 50 radiologists working around the clock. And each case is routed to the proper radiologist or a group of radiologists. And... It's sort of, I would like to compare it to an Uber model in a way. Yes. The way it works internally, the first radiologist available, who's available, will we'll do the report, will do the case. And that way, we also improve turnaround time. So by introducing automation, by uh, improving turnaround time and making radiologists more efficient, you know, we actually lower costs significantly. But we are also adding another element to technology, which is artificial intelligence. And that's a very hot topic right now, and radiology is really in the center of this. Because artificial intelligence adds an amazing uh, element of automation, because it makes radiologists even more efficient, even more accurate. So this is a really exciting what's happening you know, in healthcare, and I'm so glad I made a decision in the 80s you know, when I chose to be in this profession. And I don't regret for sure, because radiology is always in the cutting edge. Uh, now, the second part of it is our second opinions, and it's really the way we build our second opinion services, it really modeled after the teleradiology service. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have over a thousand physicians in every specialty, some specialties, some of the top physicians in America who are available on demand. Again, it's the same idea, you know, by making them more efficient, they can do more cases, it lowers costs, we can actually lower the costs to our customers. And we've always been, for me, it's always been about high quality, quick turnaround time, and lower cost and competition. And that's how we stay ahead of the game. Because if you do two out of three, it's not good enough for me. Right. You, know, you got to have quality, turnaround time, and of course, uh, the price. No, that's really interesting. And so this uh, secondopinions.com, Mike, is this intended for the consumer of the services or is this something that, that health systems use as well? Yeah, great question. So when we started, my goal was to bring this service to millions and even billions of people around the world. So the way we built the model was actually a consumer-based. But then, of course, we have many requests. So we were approached by businesses, by third-party resellers, by institutions, insurance companies. Employers, um, maybe. Yeah, attorneys as well. But we, we're very careful with that. Well, know. no, I, I actually said employers. 
Oh, oh yeah, employers. At yeah. Least. No, 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 not attorneys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course they come all, all of the Of course time. they want it too, right? <laughs> Turn away a bunch of them because we have to be careful. Yeah. But uh, yes, I think that statistically, number two reason why people uh, browse the internet is to get a really get a second opinion you know, online. We're not going to talk the, the number one reason, right? <laughs> but uh, the num- right. number two reason is really healthcare related. People research the condition. They want to get a second opinion. So uh, it was built at first as a consumer model, and then we added other technology to any third-party resellers, insurance companies, uh, uh, brokers, uh, TPAs, uh, whoever, institutions can use our service. Very interesting. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember the stats on this. Maybe you know them better than I do, Mike, but around second opinions and, you know, the first one potentially, hey, you may not need a procedure. Yeah. So the, the several... Uh, probably two or three main reasons why people get a second opinion, of course, is uh, before surgery, if they're diagnosed with a serious condition uh, such as cancer, and of course, if the doctor committed a surgery. So from the cases that we've evaluated, approximately at least 50% of the times the surgery can be postponed or, or patient can be treated with conservative management, such as medication or other you know, less invasive options. So it's mind boggling. And this is really what uh, results in tremendous savings. You know, imagine, yes. you know, if you do, you know, out of 100 surgeries that are recommended and each surgery could be 50 to $100,000. If we prevent even 10% of the surgeries, you know, from say given ecosystem, I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. Oh yeah, I would say even billions for the system. Right, exactly. And my thought here, Mike, is if you're a large company that, you know, manages two, three, four thousand employees and you notice that the cost of your health care seems to be going up year over year, double digits is frankly what I'm what I'm hearing out there. Just a service like second opinions as a requirement for your people to actually evaluate before they just jump into the surgery can result in lower premiums and really just overall better outcomes if the surgery can be avoided that's not necessary. Absolutely so. They did extensive, several extensive studies really and uh, one of the major institutions, I will not name that specific institution, but several months ago they released the data and they found that 85% of cases they reviewed for second opinion change the course significantly for that patient with management. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily that they avoid a surgery, but it could be, you know, different treatment or patient was misdiagnosed and had a totally different condition than he was treated for. I mean, uh, it's mind boggling that 85% of patients may have a wrong diagnosis or wrong treatment or treatment that's too aggressive. Or maybe you know, treatment is not aggressive. You know, some people may, may have a cancer, for example, which are not, not diagnosed. So it's just, uh, it's mind-boggling. So of a power and a difference we can make uh, for so many people. Yeah, for sure. I love this, you know, and, and, and it's all about being thoughtful about the approach. And it sounds like your business, Second Opinions, really helps people be that much more thoughtful in what could potentially be something that's not as clear and, and not an area of expertise for them. Yes, absolutely. So it's, uh, we make a difference every day for so many people. And we, we love hearing stories almost on a daily basis where we can help patients. And uh, we are very excited uh, to continue this mission. Hey, so Mike, give us an example of one of your proudest medical leadership moments to date. Sure, sure. So uh, from a standpoint of a business uh, or medical leadership experience, I was very proud when uh, uh, two years ago, 
uh, Siemens uh, uh, Venture Capital approached us and they've evaluated uh, you know, many companies and they found us to be really special and different in the category that we're looking for, which is a medical diagnostic as well as second opinion space. And uh, so they decided to partner. They've invested into our company and then they also uh, really opened the, the doors to us to expand you know, globally and internationally. I mean, they're present, obviously, in uh, every part of the, of the globe. They're, uh, they're the largest diagnostic you know, company, not, not just in radiology, but also laboratory and other, other, other areas. And uh, very proud that uh, they decided to partner with us. So that was uh, probably my proudest uh, medical uh, entrepreneurial moment. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's really, you know, it's great to have a, a large partner like Siemens really just kind of validate what you're doing and, and become interested because really it becomes an opportunity to scale and take it to the next level because ultimately we could improve outcomes locally, but we're really looking for ways to scale and bring this to the globe. That's the whole point. I always say that if you're going to, invest your energy uh, and do something, why not do something big? And uh, really without technology, we are able to really help so many people. And with Siemens Outreach, you know, we just announced a few months ago uh, the technology that they released called uh, Digital Ecosystem, also yes. called uh, TeamPlay. So every Siemens customer will have access to their strategic partners like us. So imagine uh, you're a patient in uh, Ohio or, or you're a patient, you know, in, in Nigeria <laughs> and you, you undergo uh, MRI examination. You know, you're not able to have access to team to our team of uh, some of the best uh, physicians and not just radiologists, because uh, if you, once you get a scan, obviously, next step, you might need a neurologist or orthopedic surgeon or oncologist. So, so we really right. provide the whole the full gamut of, of services, of professional services. No, that is super exciting. And um, and congratulations to you and your team, Mike, for getting that honor and uh, looking forward to seeing how Thank that you. develops. What would you say a, a setback you've had, Mike? You know, obviously it's not all rainbows and sunshines. Can you share a, a setback yeah. that you've experienced oh. and then potentially oh, what you took out of it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Everybody has setbacks. Yeah, I think I would have to say it's all, I run the company, I'm a CEO of the company, but I cannot run, run it on my own. So I rely on, uh, on people. Uh, I'm very proud of the people that we were able to bring on board. But I would say that the biggest setback was by bringing on board wrong people. And the mistake that I made was by looking at the CV and not looking at certain people as a whole. I think that anybody can get lucky. Anybody can succeed. Uh, I think you have to look at a pattern of success. And also, you also have to look, are you able to work with certain people? Never judge the book by its cover, so to speak. Yes. So uh, I, I've made some mistakes by probably hiring uh, you know, a couple of wrong people, which probably caused some setback to the company. But uh, overall, uh, I think uh, I'm proud of having an amazing team. But it's really hard so, to, to find the right people. And uh, it's not just me. I think if you speak with CEOs, uh, a lot of other companies, that's really the biggest challenge, you know, to find the right people. Yeah, it's definitely one of the big ones that the uh, guests on the show bring up as one of the biggest challenges of being a leader. And what would you say, Mike, obviously you made some good, great choices and, you know, some that haven't worked out. I've done the same thing. I've hired people that haven't worked out and boy, can they create a mess and, and <laughs> hiring oh, the right ones. But what would you say one or two pearls that you've gotten out of your, your hiring experience to get the right teams in place? What are one or two pearls that you yeah. do with the leaders? Yeah. So you look uh, at a pattern of success. So like I said, 
anybody can become, uh, you know, a Zuckerberg, right? <laughs> One time. Because a lot of it is timing. You can have the best idea in the planet, but you'll never get anywhere because the timing is off. Right. So you look at the people who are really, you know, uh, have succeeded on may, may, anything they touched. Yes. And it's very rare to find those people, but they obviously exist. If you also uh, look outside of your industry, don't get too attached, you know, to somebody who who was, uh, you know, who did an amazing thing, you know, a few years back or 10 years ago and was in your space. I think that's the biggest mistake people make. But look at other industries. Look at the current recent pattern of success. Look at them, repeated pattern of success. Uh, also look at people that are 24-7. What do you mean by that, Mike, 24-7? People like me, people who don't sleep. <laughs> words, uh, you need to, I got to be able to call my you know, manager or executive on Saturday at 2 a.m. and say, dude, you know, we have a problem. Can you help me? So especially in our business, which is 24-7, 365, that's probably one of the pearls, you know. Are they willing to work on the weekends? Are they committed to 100%? Are they going to be dedicated to you or do they have an agenda because they want to grow their CV or whatever they want to do? So those are, those are some of the pearls. That's really helpful, Mike, and appreciate you sharing and By those. the way, I want to share with you how I'm able to work actually 24-7-365, and I don't demand that from anybody. <laughs> I think uh, when I was... Uh, when I was in college, I actually discovered that I actually do not need sleep. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sleep is, you know, don't try it at home. Sleep is extremely important. But I was able, you know, uh, you sometimes you buy these laptops that have a solid state memory. Yeah. So I was able to discover that I'm kind of like a hard drive with a solid state uh, memory. That my brain can be shut off and on within milliseconds. So I can get into deep sleep and I have enough sleep, but I can sleep only three to four or five hours a night if needed, of course. Right. Well, I normally sleep, you know, as, as everybody else, probably six, seven hours, but uh, I'm able to function for days without really sleep, uh, without long sleep. And I can sleep, say, for minutes and get fully and fully recover. So that's how I, that's how I can work 24-7, basically. You're a, you're a superhuman, Mike. You are a superhuman. No, I, are I you really, sure you're not a robot? You know what? <laughs> I do think of myself as a robot. <laughs> but, uh, that's a different conversation. So. <laughs> that's funny, man. But I do understand. I do understand. Obviously, Elon Musk is my big hero, and I understand how he does it because I think I think he probably has the same ability. You got to leverage your talents, and whether it be not being able to function without much sleep, or being understand, able to understand people, or, or or understanding chemistry, whatever it may be, leverage your strengths and focus them in this area that we're all very much uh, caring about, which is improving healthcare outcomes. No, that's uh, interesting. So, okay, Mike. This is the part of the show where you and I put together a little medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. <laughs> it's the 101 course of Dr. Mike for all the <laughs> listeners, okay? Uh, so it's four questions. It's a lightning round. I'm going to ask you the question. You give me a brief answer, and then we finish the syllabus with a book that you recommend for the listeners. You ready? Awesome. Yes, I'm ready. All right. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think the best way to improve outcomes is by offering choice and bringing transparency you know, to consumers. Clearly, this is the engineering behind the secondopinions.com. Anybody in the planet ability to really question 
am I treated properly? Do I have the right diagnosis? And clearly, this, the studies from major institutions that show 85% change in course, you know, or direction or diagnosis, that, that's clearly, uh, you know, mind-boggling. And, and I believe that's uh, transparency and choice and questioning is what it's all about. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Right. Well, I think uh, probably I already answered that is uh, avoid the wrong people like black. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So hiring the right, the right people. It's all about people. It's all about the team. One person cannot do it. I wouldn't be anywhere without my wife, for example, who's always been there for me or the great team that I have right now. Love it. How do you stay relevant, Mike, as an organization despite constant change? Right. Well, you have to innovate. I probably so sounds crazy, but I wake up, I don't sleep many hours, but I wake up every day with probably several ideas. <laughs> so now, not, not do you every, write them all down or do you just think about them? Sometimes I write them down, but uh, kind of think of myself as a musician who wakes up with the, with the music. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake up every day with an idea and you know, some ideas are crazy and I run it by people close to me and some are crazy ideas. Oh, they may be crazy today, but they, they may be amazing potential in the future. Yeah. But, uh, but some of them are relevant today. Some of them may be relevant in you know, a few years or 10 years. So innovation is the only way. And improvement, what you have, I will not settle you know, unless we do something different, we implement something, at least uh, put something new and exciting company at least once a week. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in the company? Right. Well, I think that we have a common goal is to make a difference to and help really millions or even billions of people. Uh, that's really what drives us. Put in a, for me, it's about making a dent in the universe. And I was, this is something that drove me when I was a teenager and I never stopped. I never stopped dreaming. I never stopped uh, taking one extra step now we, we, we have, we're helping, you know, maybe thousands, uh, thousands of people, but I know soon we'll be making this for millions and billions of people. And finally, Mike, what book would you recommend to the listeners? That's a tie. All right. You got two of them for us? Yes. Uh, one is a biography called Elon Musk. I think it's an exciting, you know, it's an amazing book. Such a I love that. Yeah. And the second one, one of my favorites of all times is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Do you know this one, so? You know what? It was actually recommended by one of our guests, uh, Scott Becker. I picked it up, Mike, and it was unbelievable. I loved it. Yeah, okay. So it was already recommended. Okay, so anyway, it's all about uh, thinking outside of your box, outside your comfort zone. Anytime in my experience, in my life, anytime I, I reach some kind of goal or success, I get really bored. So I... I break out of that zone and I do something else and I take a lot of risks. You know, you know I could have just in, in my example as a medical doctor, I could have just practiced medicine and, you know, be happy doing radiology and, you know, you know it's not the worst specialty. It's, it's living a comfortable life. I've broken through that, you know, comfort zone so many times. So, and, and some people think I'm crazy because I've, <laughs> take, I've taken huge risks I've mortgaged house, <laughs> one or two houses, you know, actually had to sell one house when I launched Second Opinions because it required a lot of uh, resources before we got investors. I can tell you, I mean, look, look at the Elon Musk, man. The guy made what, almost 200 million by selling one of his companies uh, to eBay, right? And then he took everything he had, every penny, and he, he was basically living on a street. Uh, he, <laughs> I mean, I love that. It's totally nuts. You know, but, uh, it's only not for someone to do that. I'm kind of like that as well. I take a lot of risks, but without risks, 
he's going to be going to stay in the same place. No, that's a great message, Mike. And I could definitely hear the passion in your voice. I love it, man. You know, and if everybody can come at it with that passion that that Mike is sharing with us, it's just a matter of time. Because the healthcare system that we have, it's it's already fixed. It's but it's how we approach it and how we cut and slice it and how we optimize it that's going to give us the health system that we all deserve. And that includes new technologies, new approaches, and approach it with the passion that Mike has. And boy, let me tell you, it's only a matter of time before sustained thought gives us the answers that we're looking for. I agree, Saul. Thank you so much. No, thank you, man. I appreciate the passion that you bring. So we're close to the end here. The last thing that we're going to ask you to do, Mike, is is share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you. Absolutely. So I would give a very simple advice. Actually, a smart person once told me, you know, many years ago, and he was very successful. He sold his company to GE. It was probably one of the first PAC systems. And I'll never forget, he said, Mike, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So mm-hmm. it could not be, could not be true, more true. Love that. Uh, I think it's all about, obviously, besides having passion. And every, listen, everybody every has passion, everybody has ideas, right? But ideas, you know, without hard work, basically they call you crazy, right? <laughs> Dreamers. <laughs> That's right. So uh, it's easy to have ideas. I mean, I've met so many people with amazing ideas, but then they, they just give up. So listen, Never give up, work your, your butt off. And obviously you gotta work very smart. So you gotta find the ways. Sometimes you have to find shortcuts from point A to point B. And uh, that's very important. Otherwise, uh, you know, it'll take you months or years what could be done in one day. So you, know. so you gotta be very efficient to achieve, to achieve success, achieve your goals. And uh, last one is like, you know, think outside of the box. Don't, too many people, especially in healthcare, have this herd mentality, you know, and it's really find something that nobody thought of and then test it for every every great idea you gotta you know a lot of them will fail a lot of them will not hold up but you gotta think of some experiment with some amazing ideas and you'll be surprised you know one out of thousand ideas that you wake up with will actually work and it'll make a huge difference you know again look at the elon musk name came up so many times in this interview but he's really my hero but who would have thought that one day uh, of course i, I drive tesla as well <laughs> but nice. one day you'll have a fully automated car and you know what it's already 90 percent there so on a highway it is fully you know autonomous a lot of the technology of course and on his uh, who would have thought that Somebody like him suddenly would drop the price of his SpaceX, SpaceX company to several hundred times the price of a spaceship. The same thing, for example, Jonathan Rothberg is another hero of mine, for example, in, in, in DNA. I know him personally. I met him. And he is a gentleman who lowered the price of DNA sequencing by you know, thousands of times. So he's the guy before him. It costs $100,000 to sequence your, your, your genome, and he made it. The cost, the price is $1,000. So it's all about hard work, innovation, and working very efficiently. Anyway, I'm going to shut up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike, this is great. I could talk for hours, but... Uh, so. <laughs> no, this, is, this has been so much fun, and uh, I really appreciate the words of wisdom that you've shared here with us, and I'm excited for the listeners to really dive in and, and get to better understand the healthcare system through your words and, and get that inspiration but also to understand that they have to take action in order to make things happen because the graveyard is filled with millions of ideas. And so really want to 
take a, a second time here to thank you for being on the show, Mike, and uh, looking forward to staying in touch with you. So thank you so much. I could not thank you enough. You do an amazing job. And uh, a lot of people, you know, really, it's really educational. I'm sure they learn a lot and it's, uh, it's very helpful. So looking forward to staying in touch and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.